Philippians chapter 1. We're looking at verses 1 through 6. And tonight I want to preach a message entitled this. Things to remember when you need to remember. Things to remember when you need to remember. Uh, I talk to my mom quite often. My mom will be 82 on her uh, birthday in September. And I'll talk to my mom and she's telling me and talking. And then she'll kind of stop and sometimes in the middle of the sentence and she says, well, land sakes, I don't know what I was fixing to tell you. And I said, Mama, that's okay because so I, I don't remember what you've already told me. So, <laughs> so some of you can identify with that, right? But there are some things that we need to remember. And here is Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. May I remind you, he is a, a, a prison in Rome. And uh, he's writing to this church because he wants to encourage this church. Apparently the church has been having uh, problems and you do know that if you have a church, you have problems, right? And they were having issues, persecution, all that was going around. So Paul, as he's writing from his prison cell, he's trying to encourage them. And he's telling them, here's some things you need to remember when you need to remember. He's helping this church and he's helping us tonight as well as we look into this letter that circumstances do not have to control you. Are you getting this? You don't have to be controlled by your circumstances. How do we do that? There's just some things you got to remember. So here in verse number 1, the Bible tells us that Paul and Timothy, or Timothy uh, the servants of Jesus Christ... To all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Verse number 4. Always in every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy. Now understand, this word joy, rejoice, and the word gladness appears 19 times in this letter. Remind you once again, he's writing from prison. Now the prison that he was in is not like the ones we have today. He didn't have cable TV. He, he didn't have three hot meals a day. And he didn't have access to free medical care. He didn't have access to free uh, uh, education. None of that. It was a, a, most of the time it was in a dungeon. It was nasty. And Paul, even in this, he's telling them that I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And he says, I'm doing it with joy. Then in verse number five, he says, uh, for, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day unto now, being confident. No doubts about it here. He, he's not thinking, well, you know, when things get a little bit better. He says, with confidence. I don't know about you, but we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ need to have confidence because we live in a world that has no confidence. 
We don't have confidence in our political leaders. We don't have confidence in leadership. Uh, we don't have confidence that whoever's in the White House is going to get things done. But one thing we can rest on today, we can have confidence that the Lord Jesus Christ will do exactly what He said He will do. So have confidence of this very thing. That He which have begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. And so for just a few moments, and if you listen real quick, we'll get out quickly. We're going to look at a message entitled, Things to Remember When You Need to Remember. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to stand before uh, this church. Lord, I count it a privilege and an honor to be able to be uh, behind this sacred desk. Lord, I thank you for our pastor, Lord, who has raised the bar for all of us that are coming behind him. And Lord, I pray right now that you will give us understanding where we need understanding. That, uh, Lord, that uh, you would help us to make applications to our lives so that when we leave this place we will leave far, far better than when we first came in. So, Lord, may you have all the glory. May you get all the honor. May you and you alone be exalted in our midst tonight. And, Lord, I pray for the decisions that need to be made, that, uh, Lord, that we would be, Lord, we will be sensitive to you speaking to us this evening. We pray all of this in the most wonderful name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. As I made mention in verse number 1, the first thing that Paul was telling them that you need to remember. Now understand, why is he, why is he doing that? He, he's doing that because he knows they're going through some tough stuff. He knows that things are not rosy, that nobody's going around and singing tiptoe through the tulips and all of that. Uh, or singing, uh, uh, you know, uh, about a rose garden and all those types of things. He understands that they need something they can hang on to because if they're not careful, they'll let their circumstances overwhelm them and control them. So the first thing he says that you need to remember, that you need to remember that... Uh, Timothy is with him and it's significant because he uses that word servants. Now also we see that it also can be translated bond servants. What that means is, is someone who has totally surrendered to serve their master. And they're not doing it out of a sense of duty, but they're doing it out of a sense of love. But I also find it interesting that Paul, who is the veteran of the group, is now going alongside with a novice. And I started thinking about this, and uh, I, I thought, you know, we've lost sight of that in our churches. See, what we do is that when you get a certain age, we think it's time for you to kind of be over in the corner or, 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 or something like that. But here, in the, especially in the early church, oh, the older ones were responsible for mentoring and for helping the younger ones that were up to come. Now, I want you to understand that we can fuss about this rise. My mom calls it this rising new generation. And we can go and say, well, I don't like what they're doing and what they're doing, uh, you know, and they ought to know better than that. They don't know better unless we teach them. So don't go and blame them. 
we have lost our sight that the older folks are the ones that need to be mentoring the younger folks because if they're not getting it done, it ain't getting done. And so here, we need to be thankful that uh, we can be bond servants, that we can be ministers, we can be partners uh, in this together. Then he goes on and talks about the saints. Now notice the word usage here. He says, the saints that not of Christ Jesus. He says, the saints that are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Jesus said it very well in John chapter 15 where he says you abide in me and I abide in you. See we need to understand that a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is that when we are in Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus is in with us. And so he says the saints. But then he goes on and he makes mention of the bishops. Now many times when you see that it could also be referred to as the pastors. The bishop is the overseer. They had those within the church that were overseeing and making sure that the ministry was being done and was doing, uh, being done properly. And then he goes and talks about the deacons and we understand that the deacons were the servants within the church there. But so he reminds us that God has given us relationships He has never intended for us to do ministry by ourselves. He's called upon the body of the Lord Jesus Christ to work together in unity. And we say, well, uh, and and I've heard it before. We say, well, you know, we we just go ahead and get somebody on staff to do that or get something to that. We have churches now that are paying nursery workers and all this kind of thing like that. But what we need to understand, God never intended the church to operate like that. He expected that the bond servants, if you will, that we were going to serve our master and we were not going to serve him out of sense of duty or because the preacher put me on a gift trip and I'm serving him because I love my Lord Jesus Christ because he first loved me and I just can't get over the fact that he first loved me. And that's how we are supposed to serve. And so here we see that there are relationships that God gives us and we need to remember that because my dear friend there is coming a day when things are going to get even tougher. We're already starting to see it and happen. The church The church, we think it's under attack now, you just wait. It's going to get even more difficult. And if we don't have one another, we will not be able to stand. And so we got to have those God-given relationships. But I want you to see the rewards. Look at verse number 2. He says, grace and peace with God. That word grace... Is a, is, a, is a word that helps us to understand that uh, it, 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 grace is an enabling power for us. See, when we come to understand that uh, my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and when I come to understand that I have eternal life, and when I came to understand that I can have abundant life, I didn't work for it, I didn't earn it, it was because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just saw it just past Easter when we saw Jesus crucified. Folks, that was a picture of grace. And the reason why he did that is because of you and because of me. It was because of his unmerited favor. We didn't deserve it. All of us are equal at the foot of the cross. Amen. None of us can boast about our abilities, but we can all boast in the cross. And so we see here, it's grace. But Paul understood what grace meant. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, 
Your grace is sufficient. You all know the story. It's when he had a thorn in his flesh. And the Bible tells us that he went and asked God three times, would you remove this thorn? And every time the Lord Jesus answered, no, no, no. And on that third no, Paul came with confidence and reassurance that, okay, you're not going to take this thorn from me, but your grace is sufficient. And when you have grace working in your life, the Bible product of that is joy because when I have grace working in my life I can be joyful and when I'm joyful I can be thankful and then we also see that I can have a peace that surpasses all understanding and it all because of what Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us and so we see here that's the reward but then we move into verses three through five And now he starts to do some reflection. I don't know about you, but uh, the older I get, the more I reflect. (laughs) And so Paul, in prison, he's reflecting. And uh, he's starting to remember those who had helped him in the past. If you go to Acts chapter 16... Could it be that Paul's writing this letter and he's saying that and, uh, I, I, I think about you often. And he, maybe he could remember when he met Lydia. The story's there in Acts 16. Lydia, of course, the seller of purple linen. She was a godly woman. Paul was there doing ministry. And the Bible tells us she invited him into her house. Don't you think Paul thought about that? When he was sitting in the prison and he's thinking about, boy, I don't know where I would have been if it hadn't been for a Lydia. You have had a Lydia in your life. Someone that welcomed you in. Someone that loved on you. Now we can go back and we, we can see, and I, and I look at uh, my grandparents and my, both my grandmothers. Uh, they, they were very godly women, and uh, when they uh, would come visit them, they would uh, love on me. And, and when I, I surrendered uh, to the gospel ministry, uh, my grandmother, now uh, I think, just throw this in because I think it adds to more to the story. Both of my grandmothers uh, were Church of Christ. And they knew that I was going to be a Baptist preacher. But you know what? Both of them, when I would go visiting after I leave, they'd put their little hands on me and they'd pray over me and ask God to bless my ministry. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I'm thankful for those Lydias that have come into my life. But also we see the slave girl. You keep on reading in chapter 16. We see the slave girl. You all know the story. She had an unclean spirit. She kept on bothering Paul. And Paul uh, in Acts 16 uh, in verse 23 somewhere in there. uh, Paul rebuked that uh, unclean spirit and she was delivered. Don't you think as Paul was sitting in the prison and he's thinking and he's pondering upon those who have gone in his past. Don't you think that at one time he said, I wish I could just get rid of that girl. She pestered me, she pestered me, she pestered me. But when he delivered that spirit and set her free, don't you think that gave him a little joy in his life? 
He was thankful that God had arranged that she would come in contact with a slave girl. See, I want you to understand, God always has opportunities waiting for us. God will always set the stage for us. If we only become obedient and continue to do God's will, God will put a slave girl, God will put a Lydia, God will put a drunkard, God will put a prostitute that nobody else cares about, that nobody else wants to fool with but you have a wonderful opportunity to show them how to be saved and they get saved I want you to know that'll make you thankful, that'll make you joyful that'll make you rejoice but then we also see the jailer you think Paul was thinking about the jailer the jailer that beat him put him in prison you all know the story Paul and Silas and about midnight things started rocking and rolling now, Elvis was not the first one to come up with jailhouse rock. <laughs> so, he, they, and they're, they're, they, they get out of the prison. Now, the jailer, uh, he knew that uh, as he looked and he thought, oh, my land. He says, what has happened? He says, they have broken out of this prison. And back then, they didn't take too kindly that. He knew his very life was on the line. And it would be a cruel death. And so, he was about ready to kill himself. But what did Paul do? Paul says, oh, don't do that. And then he cried out, what must I do to be saved? And Paul had the wonderful opportunity to lead him to the saving knowledge in Jesus Christ. Don't you think that gave a little joy in his heart when he realized that the jailer that had beaten on him now was a brother in Christ to him. I'm telling you that we need to lose, don't lose sight that there are people who are hurting. We have people that are outcasts. We have people that nobody else cares about. We have people that everybody else has given up hope for. But it could be that he's waiting or she She's waiting for you to come along and share the good news of Jesus Christ and you lead them to saving knowledge in Jesus Christ. And when things get a little tough in your life, you can go back and say, oh, thank you, Lord, for how you worked in people's life. Thank you, Lord, how you uh, did things for, in me. Thank you, Lord, for how you brought my family through. Lord, thank you that when I had that health scare, you brought me through that. I'm telling you that when we are going through difficult times, we need to be thankful because of our past. But hang on. We can't stay there. Isaiah 43, verse number 18. Let me set the stage for you. Previous verses talk about how God had blessed them. How He brought them through the Red Sea. How He uh, took care of them. And then in Isaiah 43, 18, very... If you look at it at just face value, you're thinking. Now, he just got finished talking about the blessings that he stored upon them. And then he says this. Forget ye the former things. Why would he say that? Keep on reading. Because God has a new thing. I'm telling you, this ought to get you a little Pentecost on here. I'm telling you, too many of us, it's good to visit your past. It's good to reflect upon that. But we were never intended to live in our past, be it positive or negative. Why? Because God wants to do a new thing in our life. He has a new song for us to sing. And too many times we've missed the blessings of the day because we were reflecting on the blessings of yesterday. But now we're not finished. 
We see here, he goes on and says, I'm also thankful for you now. One of the things that I'm finding out more, maybe I'm just being convicted more of, is that I don't tell people I appreciate them now. You know, my wife, for some strange reason, thinks that... uh, If I don't tell her I love her like every other day, (laughs) I'm being generous here, okay? And, and of course, I get a little riled up at that. Oh, you know I love you. She says, well, you haven't told me. I said, but I'm here. (laughs) Boy, that really says, oh, bless God, thank you so much. Just because you're sticking around. But don't we do that sometimes? The very ones that we love the most, we don't say it to enough. One of the things is I've been uh, in the ministry for a while and, and preaching funerals. One of the saddest things I see is an outpouring of love and affection of the family, other family members. And then I understand many times that they didn't even come visit them when they were living. And too many times we've done that in our church. We, we, what we've done is say, oh, we, they know we appreciate them. How do they know that? Oh, oh they, oh, you know, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm being more and more conscious of the fact that I just need to go and love on somebody. It doesn't take that much. I send a little note. One of the things that I, uh, that I, I found out that I get more feedback from, I'll just write a little note. It takes me about two minutes. Now, you might not be able to read the note, but, that's, but I'll write these little notes. Tell them I'm praying for them. Hey, thinking about you. I get more response from that if I uh, done something else for them. See, it doesn't take a whole lot just to tell somebody you love them. And, and so here he says, he, he says, I'm thankful for you now. But then we go to verse number 6. But he's also thankful for the future. Notice what the Bible says there in verse number 6. He's that begin a good work in you. Will what? Finish it. So here's what I want us to understand tonight. I don't care if you're 90 years old or 50 years old, 40 years old. There is no age of retirement in the Lord's business. You can still be used of God because He's not done with you yet. And that ought to encourage you when you're going through a difficult time to know that what God began, He's going to finish. <laughs> you know, he's, going to, he's going to finish it. And so when I'm going through a difficult time, I can look back and I can be thankful for the relationships that God has offered me and, and has intertwined with me and, and the people that have made an influence on my life, past, present, and those that I will meet in the, in the future. But I'm also thankful for His rewards, the reward of grace and joy and peace, contentment. But I'm also thankful uh, that there were those back yesterday that helped me get started. But there's those who are wanting to be a part of my life now. 
And here's why it encourages me to keep on keeping on. Not my circumstances. If that's the case, I would have quit a long time ago. You would have too. But we're putting, Hebrews 12, 2 says it this way, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Isn't that good? So here, this is a night to encourage you. Because you may be going through a very difficult time. Maybe your circumstances are not what you would like them to be. By the way, did you realize that Paul was wanting to go to Asia, but God wanted him to go to Macedonia? Now, I don't know. I wasn't there, and I don't want to speculate, but I guess I am. Do you think when Paul realized he didn't go where he thought he needed to go, that he might have said, I just don't understand this, but I'll go ahead and go anyway. Look what he had missed out if he hadn't have done what God wanted him to do. He would have missed meeting these believers at the church at Philippi. Here's why we're closing tonight. I don't know what your path that God has set before you, but I do know this. Whatever comes into your life, you just keep on trusting Jesus. You keep on following the path. You might not see it now, but you'll see it later. And you'll look back and say, Lord, I'm sure glad I was obedient to you because look at all these blessings I would have missed. My dear friends, it's time for us to remember those things we need to remember when we need to remember them so that we can be what the Lord Jesus Christ has called us to be.